Don't tell Seth, but I turned him up a little bit. If he knows I'm scared of what he'll do. You can hear him in the kitchen. Fucking my shit up. Fumble through this whole insulated cooler thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Where's my stuff? My stuff. Get your stuff. Prepare yourself. I'm have girded. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is that a tab? Is that a fresco, Mark? Mm. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a dive into lyrics that are I, I really crushed it i really tried to get as high as i could <laughs> you did deep dive you into did. lyrics that are questionable at best brian but wilson there largely touched public ridicule until now i am one half of the lyrics to go hosts mark davis and the better half my uh oh my d-hatted friend to, and man. co-host seth uh, is here itch. cans off i got some uh i got some he's got Mendocino some bino <laughs> From where the bugs had made it red. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm I'm keeping it together after what we went through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not bad. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's been a weird week. Um, I got Tuesday off. You did? For the 4th of July. Ah. Um, we are recording today Such on are the benefits uh, of July at 7th. A bank. Yeah, it's nice. Um, a lot of people do not like the work, take off, work again. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like that it kind of mixes, it spices it up a little bit. Okay. Three-day weekend is a lot to come back from when you work an office job. Um, I get it. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the weekend is here again. It is It is Friday, July 7th, mm-hmm. uh, though this episode will be released um, a few days from now. Let me see. What time is it right now? It is uh, two minutes to six o'clock. At this hour right now, one week from today, I will be slowly descending into LaGuardia Airport. Ah, yes. Going to the land of the Jerseyans. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to have a blast. I'm very, very excited for your New York tour. Yep. Uh, Very excited for Amelia to have this amazing experience. That's the big thing. Yeah. 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 Of course it is. But um, we got some other things going on here. Just real quick, I seem to be losing my voice. So if I'm not expressive in my normal way, I'll just very quickly blame it on that. But, you know, of all the things in this world that could bring you down, uh, being uh, having a, you're losing your voice isn't necessarily the worst thing that could possibly happen. But one of the worst things that definitely could happen is that you could get stuck in a cycle of listening to shitty songs. Mm. And uh, we're going to go over a shitty one today, Mark. We are. Um, we are going to today be talking about um, Daniel Powder's song, Bad Day. Um, a song that I feel is at the same time... Um, a gigantic hit, which for all intents and purposes, it is and was, and also a very, very reviled song. <laughs> um, loads of people, I feel, I hate this song. And you may say that it's just people who are pessimistic or cynical, but I don't really find that to be true. And I was delighted when I was looking through and doing some research today while I was on lunch to see just a number of people that realize that these lyrics really 
are mysterious and don't I don't think they really say much. They don't add up to much. And Mark, it's a completely rational person would find this shit. Um, yeah. You know, we are hypercritical because of who we are and what we do and the fact that we are musicians. But I think that even your run of the day, um, you know, insurance salesman probably could find a way to hate this song. Probably. I would I would hope so. Because this song sucks ass. Yep. And from what I can tell, Daniel Powder seems like a nice enough guy, I suppose. Mm. He's Canadian. Um, I automatically, you know, whether or not I should, I automatically kind of like Canadians a little bit more automatically. They're like Mormons. They're <laughs> they're really nice. <laughs> a lot of them are. I know I've yeah. met some fucking asshole Canadians for I have sure. To, yeah. Uh, I was wondering, I was hoping that he was related to, you remember Susan Powder? I thought the same thing. But if you look at him, I don't think so. No, mm. I don't think so either. I, sometimes you can't tell maybe different mom, different dad, Susan Powder of Stop the Insanity fame. Yes. A spiky haircut on a lady. Uh-huh. Not saying anything bad about her haircut. It's actually She uh, had a Eurythmics kind of vibe. She had an Annie Lennox 80s kind of vibe look. going on. Well, look, look maybe look. not vibe. Let's the, we Stop love the Annie insanity. Lennox. Yeah, uh, a lot of people probably do not know who she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you were alive in the eighties and the nineties and you watched TV, you could not escape her. And I used to do a, uh, I used to do a <laughs> Susan Powder impression. They used to crack my mom up. Oh. Um, I would I would just basically say stop the insanity of the way she did. Best laughs are from your parents. Look at oh absolutely. Yeah. Uh, looking back, I don't even remember what was it a weight loss thing? Yeah, it was exactly it was okay. a weight loss thing, and okay. then it was like a life coach kind of thing. You know, get yourself back on track. I don't know. It, just hearing her voice, you didn't necessarily have to see her. A lot of people blamed the looks on it, but Mark, yeah, is this self help to go? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I mean, we've totally gone off the rails. This guy, Daniel Powder, not related to Susan Powder, no. is, a, is a happy-go-lucky Canadian who decided to try and make people feel better by writing some what he thought maybe were some rather ironic lyrics. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, decided to do it in a very, very uh, pedestrian, cheesy tone that anybody in the world that ever spent, you know, a couple of years in music class probably could have churned out in a very uninspiring way. Um, this this song uh, can generate hatred just through its mediocrity, and as well it should. And uh, it kind of serves to give us a lesson in that if you're not going to put your everything into something, you probably just shouldn't do it because I don't think he did. Yeah, I don't think so either. Seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, uh, grew up... I, I've been wanting to try and pronounce this in the Okanagan Shuswap region of British <laughs> Columbia. I, I did decent on the, the wherever the region is and fucked up Columbia. Freaking mouth workout. <laughs> <laughs> With two brothers and a sister, played violin at the age of four, played piano at the age of 16. He was bullied um, and they trash his violin, which sucks. He suffered from dyslexia and probably continues to suffer from dyslexia because I think that's just kind of the way it goes. Dropped out at the age of 20 to pursue music. Started working on stuff. Didn't really get anywhere fast. Moved back to Columbia. And much like 
um, the writer of uh, Hungry Eyes. Mm -hmm. I think he went back to Columbia kind of feeling defeated. And that's when things started taking off. He released this song and oh boy, it uh, took on a life of its own. It really did, Mark. Yeah. It really did. Uh, Produced uh, by Jeff Dawson and Mitchell Froome. Uh, Mitchell Froome has uh, been a member of a couple of different bands uh, and was and is currently the keyboardist for Crowded House as of this recording. Oh, that's good. Love Crowded House. Yeah. It was used in a French Coca-Cola commercial before its official release. Someone got their grubby little fucking hands on it and it started selling like hotcakes. Uh, you know, it's one of those songs that was one of the first songs to really usher in the age of people are taking in music differently. A lot of people say that, uh, you know, I believe the recording sold 300 copies, but downloads of the song were up in the million, three million. You're saying the digital age, the digital age, these days in the digital age, Warner brothers, chairman and CEO, uh, Tom Whaley offered a contract after hearing a demo tape of the song. Um, and, you know, it was pretty much up, up, and away from there. Isn't it funny that it was originally released, apparently originally released in three French radio stations uh, in early 2005, and then by February 8th uh, of, uh, of that year, it was featured on a Barnes & Noble extended play loop, um, which oh, all conta- also contained, like one, of, I think, like one of the B-sides or the B-side from this song, which is kind of a funny name. Uh, it, uh, song's called Free Loop. Um, and like you said, totally, totally just took the hell off, uh, was used, um, it had other versions apparently, according to Wikipedia, something, uh, he had another B side on it called lost on the stoop. have no idea what that's about. Um, had other versions released. Um, there's a live recording that was put on Australia. One thing that I thought was really funny that I actually do remember is that it was used on American Idol as like the loser's exit song. This is where they say, especially stateside, Mm -hmm. it really, really blew up. So whenever someone was eliminated, they would play this song. Is it to say, oh, bummer. And, you know, this is something that we'll get into when we're talking about the song in general. If you hear it and you know anything about it, it really, really does go hand in hand this song with Ryan Seacrest's voice talking over it mm-hmm. perfectly. I mean, if ever there was a human being that represents this song. Ryan Seacrest, the new uh, Wheel of Fortune right. host. going to take over for Pat. I was talking about that with my wife last My wife, we are going to miss Pat Sajak because we, lo- we watch a lot of Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be sitting pretty on a, on a wonderful retirement plan. Yeah, you're gonna, no doubt. He's got the showcase showdown to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) for those of you old enough to know what that is, right? Yeah. So when he was writing the song, he said for two weeks, he had a melody that wouldn't go away, could not shake it. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to think of a lyric that would fit the melody. He didn't want to have something super poppy because he thought with the melody that he was working on, it would be the cheesiest song of all time in his words, which miraculously it it still fucking is just happened to turn out that way uh, there, Davey. Yeah. So he thought bad day would be a good choice for the chorus and then wrote the lyrics based around that uh, based on his life as a struggling musician. Now I did see something very funny while I was uh, looking around on song facts and song meanings and all that stuff. Uh, 
Bo from Phoenix, Arizona said he wrote the song about the two years he spent in rehab getting over a cocaine addiction. That's straight from what he said in numerous interviews. Well, I haven't found that shit in any interviews, Bo. So shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. And eat my balls. Um, um, I, I Something I got to point out about this guy is that he looks like your run-of-the-mill early 2000s songwriter. He fits that if there if you were to give a stereotypical look to it, this is the guy. There's a guy that I went to school with. Uh, he was a little bit younger than me, but he has since gone on to gain a modicum of fame as a songwriter. I've never mentioned this to you before, and I can't believe I haven't. But his name's Kevin Rhodes. He has become moderately successful, but nothing big. He looks like Daniel Power. They look almost the same. And he also looks a lot like, I don't know if you know the guy from the Holderness family. No. Have you ever seen the Holderness family? They're like so. They're like a, a viral family that makes, <clears throat> you know, they make... Gets everybody sick. Yeah. They <laughs> go around <laughs> infecting the world family. with pop music. They, um, they write these, it's a family that writes these silly songs. And he looks just like the dad. It's, it is, it's kind of like that somebody... Um, made a mold and just quite literally popped out a look for your stereotypical singer-songwriter from the tw- from the 2000s, you know? Um, mm-hmm. If you want to look those up, Kevin Rhodes and, and, and Holder and his family, look, they look almost exactly the same, all three of them. Yeah, uh, nothing screams early 2000s like a beanie. And that? The guy is, the guy, I, I, I feel it's like one of those things that he sleeps with that fucking beanie on. Did you get Breakfast at Tiffany vibes from this video? The look of it? Uh, Kind of, I, I guess. I did a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, don't, I don't know mean to bring up the it. video too early, but I just thought of that. I mean, yeah. kind of, it's just real bland, you know? Oh, it's, I mean, it's definitely cutesy. We'll talk about the music video here in a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned, usually we mentioned the year 2002 is when this uh, was put together. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about his view of the lyrics. I, I, I want to read one specific thing that he said. Uh, he said it was not a lyrically elaborate song, which is, you know, like calling, uh, calling a mountain a pebble. Uh, it is definitely not a lyrically elaborate song, but that quote, mostly it's about phonics. (laughs) It's about words that sing great. I was mumbling something and those words came out. So sometimes, you know, I've talked about this. I know this isn't no nonsense, but um, I'll liken this to when I'm putting together a quiz and I'll I'll have a song or a question and I'll go, you know, everyone's going to know this. One of the questions I asked Seth was um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Uh that so whoever shall believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting everlasting life is John three 16, John three 16. So I thought everyone knew this. Okay. I, I'm not a, I'm not a religious man at all. I did some time in, in Bible, in, uh, in youth group. I went to word of life, Mm -hmm. um, youth camp, uh, both in New York and in, uh, in or in New York and where was oh the other one was in Florida, um, but you know I, John three sixteen it's something that people have up in you know every sporting event etc. So I went in making this a three pointer, thinking like everyone's going to know this, and almost no one knew it. It was very what right 
Now, I would not have guessed that at I, all. Neither would I. When I read these lyrics, I was thinking to myself, maybe I just don't get it. Maybe, maybe this means a lot of stuff. <laughs> and maybe I'm just like, I feel stupid because I feel like so many people have like connected with this song. And what I found out, I think, Seth, after reading that and that he's just saying words just kind of like fell out of his mouth, like, you know, so much food uh, stuffs when he uh, burns the roof of his mouth and and just like spits something out or realizes he bit into something disgusting or like some blue gag cheese. reflex. Yeah. Like hearing the song. I was like, oh, I'm not nuts. No, you're not. Thank God. No. Because I was thinking, maybe I'm just a fucking idiot. You know, we had that last week with The Wanderer. Yeah. Which got deep at the end and, mm-hmm. and, and had some... It's not like it was super deep, but it had depth to it. I just don't see that happening this week, Mark. I've read the lyrics. Hey guys, I'll, I'll show my hand here because I kept that one pretty pretty quiet. Spoiler alert, it's not happening. <laughs> Not for this one. You did. I remember the exact moment last week when it kicked in all of a sudden. Holy shit, there's more to it. Yeah, not this one. Nope. Bitching and griping about nothing. My granddad used to say to me, there's better people who are worse off than you. And I always remember that. It's a song about trying to make people feel better. I'm making fun of you, but at the same time, making fun of myself. I feel like there are a couple of different versions of what he's saying the song is about uh or how it's supposed to make sense and i don't feel like we ever quite get there i I feel like he's doing a lot of moving of the goalposts mark this is canadian logic we're dealing with here i don't think that um that there's uh, uh one thing that i'll point out about this lyrics aside for one more second and this is the last i'll bring it up is that the execution on this song is really bad it's not good I feel like um, that whoever produced it, there are times where if you are paying attention, he's a little bit out of key. There are times where things just are not accented or emphasized when I think that maybe they should be to bring out some sort of brightness or life in the song, which is what I think he's trying to do. Um, when you add that to the fact that this, the lyrics, no, you're not going to get much depth out of them and that they are just essentially word vomit, makes it even though you know it would have been better if he just would have said hey i wanted to write a song that i could back the brinks trucks up to my house to mm-hmm. and just start getting those dump trucks full of money if he had just said that okay i get it but trying to rationalize it in any other way which we've gotten different explanations is just weak and sad um it really sucks i i will say there are some things going on with the music of this that I really, really like. Really? Yeah. There are a couple of decisions, a couple of uh, chord progressions. When he repeats the chorus near the end, um, I really, really like how it changes. Uh, It's almost like a chromatic step down thing. Oh, step down thing. I really, really like that. That's inventive. There are some neat things. Doesn't help. I mean, you know, look, the song is not good. No. You know, I, I'm I'm never going to say that this is a good fucking song, but there is some good stuff going on in it. There is some cool stuff. And I think overall, the fact that it is tied to, you know, this you lost this, uh, you know, this competition that could be the way for you to stop living your day job and start dr- living your dream. And it's just like, oh, bummer, champ. 
little punch on the chin. It it is to me what to me, so again we're kind of dealing with a song where I think it evokes a feeling even if it, it it reminds me of the Wanderer. It it evokes a feeling even if no Inside Out. That's what. It oh was. okay yeah Inside Out where it's like most of it was nonsense mm-hmm. and then you'd be like oh okay 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 yeah. I, there was a line from every verse, maybe, that would kind of give you an idea as to what was going on. But really, it was just words in a blender. But really, it was just... And you're welcome for that in your head for another couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to the, uh, the the American Idol thing, is it a little bit more of a, you know, oh, I- I'm this is going to get me out of my shitty day job and I'm going to live my dreams, but you didn't make it? Is it almost a comical punch in the gut to play this? Every single time. Is it more insulting? That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It's, it's almost belittling. Yeah. That, and he yeah. says something about it's making fun of you, but it's also making fun of me. Well, you're the one that's fucking rich. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of punching down. You're getting paid every time it's played, dude. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. where I was starting to go before I kind of lost the thread um, with uh, talking about, you know, comparing it to uh, inside, inside Out. out yeah. um, but, you know. There's another thing that I want to read here about the lyrics before we uh, start getting into it here. Um, So Alan Connor of BBC News Magazine said uh, it is a typical sentimental song, but that in Bad Day's case, quote, there is even less detail. He said, and this is so spot on, Seth, and this might just end up being the new tagline for these episodes of this fucking podcast. The song is so low on the specifics. There are some couplets that feel like they've been translated from a foreign language, possibly by a computer. And I think I said that same exact thing yeah, about did. a song yes, or two did. where it almost seems like it was translated into French. Right. And then translated from French. Back it's to like English. applying German syntax to Chinese or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. If this is, if, if Bill Liam said it feels genuine, but quote, if you're looking for death, depth, this is not your song. Um, baleful, but soulful. And, and, and very weakly soulful. And lastly, people commented, bad day may be catchy enough to overcome its trite lyrics. If, if soul is gumbo, this is weak, watery porridge. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this is gruel. Uh, Shall we get into it? Yes, we need to do this, Mark. Where is the moment we needed the most? You kick up the leaves and the magic is lost. They tell me your blue skies fade to gray. They tell me your passion's gone away. And I don't need no carrying on. Right when the horse jumps out of the gate, you get that, what the fuck is he talking about feeling? I mean, you can you can maybe say he's just trying to lift somebody up. Where is the moment we needed the most? You know, questioning things going on, lifting, lifting them up. Um, God, man, what the fuck is he doing here? Is he, are, are, is he setting a tone in that he's giving us some sort of uh, history that's gone on between him and someone else, you know, and, and starting it off by asking, you know, we're, we've lost something and there's something that we both need right now. Um, maybe you can derive that out of the first two lines. 
Um, but then it just gets more, to quote him, gray, uh, not defined. Tell me your blue skies fade to gray. Um, tell me your passion's gone away. He's, well, they tell me. I don't know who they are. Yeah, that too. And but, I don't. But mean you're no- being told secondhand, thirdhand, that uh, that this person. You know, I think my yeah. biggest problem with this first verse. <clears throat> it's uh, it's it's talking about a bad day, but clearly, the person that they're talking about, the subject of the song, is not having a bad day. They're having a bad, probably a bad life. Yeah, <laughs> probably a bad like. These are people that might be going through divorce or, you know, midlife crisis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Where is the moment we needed the most? Uh, You know, it's this is as soon as I read that line and I thought about that reviewer that said, you know, that it it is bereft of all specifics. Yeah, (laughs) it's like you have no at no point in this. Do you really know what's going on? And at the end of the day, it's it's just kind of like a, oh, well, come like this song is the pull yourself up by your bootstraps no. of songs. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. It's yeah, just it's, a, it's the you've done it to yourself kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Oh, uh, who is the asshole? I had to hear that from somebody specific in my life a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. And I just want to say and I think that person might have heard this show. Fuck you. I'm sorry, but um, yeah. And and to Daniel Powder. How does that fuck feel you. good? Yeah, uh, it does feel really good. Um, so where is the magic we needed the most? You kick up the leaves and the magic is lost, which most and lost are spelled the same, but they're pronounced very differently. And, you know, don't tell me that he's not trying to rhyme because he rhymes every fucking thing else. But the first two fucking words don't rhyme and they're just spelled the same. It's almost like he wrote them down. And he's like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh. Lost and most. <laughs> this is great. We're off to a killer stop. Most, start. Lost mostly, boys. <laughs> Jumping into a pile. This is a genius this is, annotation. This is, yeah, oh, okay, boy. go ahead. Jumping into a pile of leaves is a classic youthful expression of joy. If you're feeling so bad that you don't want to jump into them, you might just kick them away. Dispelling the enjoyment you once got from these things. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Fucking Wrong. I don't know what the fuck. This guy's related to Daniel Powder, man. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we get the, they don't, they tell me that your blue skies fade to gray and they tell me your passion's gone away. Mm. So they're, they're telling me that you're going through a rough time and, uh, and that I, that I, the, the person that's, that's telling you that people have told me that I don't need no carrying on. So I guess, I guess what this is trying to say is that, I'm not supposed to carry on about how, you know, you're you should be doing well. Is that what's supposed I, to be going uh, on? What here? I do know is that these phantom bearers of bad news, they and they uh, need to get their shit together. And he needs to write us uh, the next line or he needs to get his shit together and write the next line about who they are. I, one of the th- one thing that I can't stand, not just in lyrics but in life, is whenever they have done something. Have you ever had anybody look at you and say, "Oh, you know, a classic line of paranoid people we know—they're out to get you. Mm-hmm. They're doing that." Well, who the fuck are they, man? 
I hate it when anybody is a not gives me a non-specific they. I know it's songwriting. Come, we got to come up with a list of things that Seth just will not stand for yeah, all kinds anymore. Of shit bothering me or bringing up bad memories in this song. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, and I don't need no carrying on. I again, I, I mean, I all I can discern from this is that there is a subject, a person that we're talking about, or you know, at least in this case, there is the people that the 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 subject of the song knows and then there's i which is daniel powder mm-hmm. and daniel powder apparently doesn't need no carrying on i powder i don't know what the fuck that means <laughs> so of course the hit the, the hit novel i powder i powder i powder starring I. will smith um so we end that verse whatever the fuck is going on there and we just i mean that's over <laughs> And just as a dick is pulled out of your ass, it's stuffed in your throat with fucking verse two, which you're just like, you're just still trying to recover, trying to make heads or tails of what happened. Your head's, your head's a whirl. Your stomach stomach feels like you're in a fucking, in the middle of a roller coaster. and sort of Canadian gang rape. (laughs) Um, So then we get verse two. You stand in the line just to hit a new low. You're faking a smile with the coffee to go. You tell me your life's been way offline. You're falling to pieces every time. And I don't need no carrying on. Carrying on shit again. Yeah, again. He thinks yeah. he's real clever. Yeah. And again, I, 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 if there's any line in here that I, I really don't fucking understand, it's that one. It's, yeah. Though none of them really make any sense. No, but that that really, really throws it into that throws the definitions into turmoil. Big every time he says that. I hate to keep harping on the Canadian thing, Mark, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, you stand in line just to hit a new low. I can't help but he, that he brought up uh, standing in line because Canadians are so so well known for being able to queue up nicely whenever you need to form a line. Yeah, they're like the English like that. Yeah, <laughs> as are. opposed to the unruly American who makes kind of like a blob thrust toward towards the open door of Target on uh, Black Friday. Um, you're faking a smile with the coffee to go. So, I mean, probably thought of that in line. I, I, I think that these two. So the genius annotation for you stand in the line with just to hit a new low. Since he then talks about coffee, he is probably saying that you wait in line for coffee. That will be the beginning to another monotonous, worse than ever day. 23 people upvoted that. So I will say, and God forgive me for what I'm, for the words that are about to come out of my mouth. I think these are the two and they are far from it. These are the two. I don't know if clever is the right word, but the two most clever lines. So we've got, you know, no, (laughs) no, you're wrong. Mark. You're wrong. You're just. You're wrong. Well, I mean, you know, I so, think that the ones that well, you I could... shouldn't. OK, I shouldn't say clever. Let me let me try and kind of clarify what I'm trying to say. Here. Please. They're not clever, but it's like, you know, I think these give a clear idea of what he I think is trying to say. Uh, yes. Thank you. So you stand in line just to hit a new low. So we're 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 getting a better. So, you know, it's like you're you're I think that the, it's kind of right. I think that, you know. It's saying that you're going through the doldrums and you know today is going to be worse than the last. That you're faking a smile with the coffee to go. You're 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 going through your normal daily activities um, and hiding 
how miserable and depressed you are. But then all of a sudden it gets in your, she's probably, or he or she is probably in line with him, but it gets blurted out for everyone in the Tim Hortons to hear. You tell me your life's been way offline. She, he is looking up and saying, my life just isn't going very well as she's waiting for her coffee. He's waiting for his car. They're waiting for one time. We can use they, they're waiting for their car. I'm falling to pieces every time. Well, these are said, it seems, directly to Daniel Powell. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Is that, you know, now we're getting a little personal one-on-one intel. There's there's a, 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 a level of clarity, sort of. Right. Sort yeah, of. I, this, this verse does a little bit of a better job of kind of clarifying. You tell me your life's been way offline, which I... I mean, it's just, make, uh, no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's just a bad way of putting it's it. Like, it was like a, a teenager's trying to express themselves. And you're falling to pieces every time. That's pretty clear, Seth. I that mean, is. You know, I, yeah. every day, is, is I'm just falling apart. It's 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 sad. But, he, and but I, he'd, he don't need no carrying on. Yeah. And, and I don't need no carrying on, which at this point I can't tell if they're talking about <laughs> what the, fuck the person is saying they don't need no carrying on or, or Daniel Powder doesn't need no carrying on, whatever it means. You know, I've been talking um, with a friend of mine who's been going through a bunch of hard stuff, um, who's been going through a bunch of like personal stuff. And I, I picture myself sending this song to them and being like, Hey, I, I, I think I know just the thing for you. you. I'm trying to figure out what you're doing here, man. Are you trying to insult this person? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that I, I think that I would probably, the, the person would probably go, you know, thanks, but I, I'm going to stop talking I'd, to you. I'd start looking over my shoulder. If I were you, if, if I, ever yeah. Said yeah. And I, that's it. That's yeah. what this song does. It's it. I just can't express it enough. It just really comes off as, oh, shucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's really not that bad. You know, it's like the least empathetic song on the face of the planet. My, I it's think a complete lack of empathy. You are on to something there. Even the, even the sound is trying to, with its mediocrity, is trying to, you know, get through and, and present the idea that maybe there's some... A little bit of uh, oh, I'm, I care about how you feel, but in reality, no. I'm, I, I'm. He's probably, and that it, maybe that's the depth of it. He's probably laughing at everybody. Now we get the chorus, and guys, mm-hmm. the so the verses are Steinbeck. The verses are uh, Shakespeare. The verses are James Joyce. No, actually, compared. they are James Joyce in this case. They kind of are. <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, I wanted to throw are. Joyce in there, and then I was like, you know, it's, I mean, it's the It's Joyce's, Finnegan's Wake. Yeah. I know there's supposed to be some sort of meaning right, in Finnegan's right, right, Wake, right. but they read that way. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the verses are... are uh, William Butler Yeats. <laughs> yeah. Shelley, Longfellow. I mean, we'll just... We'll, yes, yes, yes. Somebody yes, that yes, knows yes. how to put Hemingway words together. compared to this fucking chorus. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I feel, the equivalent of... If you gave a dog just enough ability to write <laughs> and put its thoughts down on paper, you would get basically this fucking chorus. This was Rodney was assigned to write a poem in ninth grade English class. That's exactly what this is. Because you had a bad day. You're taking one down. You sing a sad song just to turn it around. You say you don't know. You tell me don't lie. You work at a smile and you go for a ride. 
You had a bad day. The camera don't lie. You're coming back down and you really don't mind. You had a bad day. You had a bad day. Where the fuck is John Fahey when we Where are it? the police? Where? <laughs> and I don't mean the fucking police from police, bro. I mean, where are the fucking actual cops? Where are the two men with the jacket that he can't get out of? In the white uniforms in the truck. This shit is 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 mind-boggling. So first okay, off, again, yeah. I, I just can't say this enough. This is we're not talking about someone that had a bad day. And to call someone who feels like they are going they're falling to pieces every time that their life is offline to tell them, uh, well, you had a bad day. This is, you know, at my work, we have at my work, we talk a lot about empathy. We get people who are calling. Well, it is a bank. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have people that are calling saying like, I don't have enough money for diapers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have enough money for baby food. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I went to the store and I tried to use my debit card and it wouldn't work. And I felt embarrassed in front of all these people. And I'm not laughing at what you're saying, dude. <laughs> I'm laughing at the possibility of what could happen. Mark, could we put a button on your desk that just all of a sudden plays this song when you start hearing these explanations? I'm just going to start getting recordings and put this piano part over that them. That is so terrible. Real human beings That's just awful. actually crying because their life is falling apart. There was there was somebody who called because their husband had passed and their husband took control of, the, you know, was in control of the finances probably an old fashioned couple yeah. um, where the man was in charge of everything. And the woman was just kind of the, the woman who spent, you know, whatever at the grocery store domestic woman. Yeah. Yeah. Her husband passes away. She's now in charge of the finances. She does not know how to control finances. She goes significantly into the negative uh, because she doesn't know how to balance a checkbook. She doesn't know how to, to look at stuff. She threatens to kill herself. Oh, on the phone. Oh God. You had a bad day. Like, <laughs> Oh dude. I mean, is, is that what we're doing here? Are we telling people like, Hey, chin up party hey, slugger. It's okay. Jesus. You were diagnosed with fucking colon cancer. Oh. You had a bad day. You know, no, no, we, you know, we talk about empathy because in those, in those times, where someone is telling you, I'm feeling something and it hurts. And even if it's not as intense as those God. things, you you know, to have this attitude of like, eh, I'm making fun of you, but I'm making fun of me. It's like, well, the people that like need this song, uh, you, the message you're sending is like, buck up. This sounds like a whole new category of condescension. Yeah, it really kind of does. I'm not saying like to great heights. There's you could treat people worse. It's just like on an, on another adjacent level. You know, it's it you don't you don't it, it's definitely I mean, I hate to say it more artistic uh, simply for the fact that he's put it uh, to music. But uh, man, he's this this fucking chorus, this fucking shit here. <clears throat> what are you taking down, Mark? What's the one you're taking? What's this that she's ta- she or he they are taking? They. Down? Um. Uh, 
a a a day a, a day because you had a bad day. You're taking one down. I guess maybe like all right, this is uh this is a loss maybe. Now earlier on, we'll just resolve that we don't know what the fuck that means, Absolutely. and which we're going to go through throw up quite a bit more of that. But I would like to point something out earlier on in second verse, the first two lines. You're saying that he's painted a clear enough picture that maybe we can derive something from this in a way. I hate I hate to remember that I hated to say this, but if there's one law, line in the song that I could possibly relate to, it's the next one. You sing a sad song just to turn it around. I have <clears throat> an abiding love for sad songs and mm. do believe that singing sad songs can sometimes turn around your bad mood. I also think that there are times when you sing them and you're and, and you just get deeper into the sadness. Well, uh, listener Mike Cosden, mm-hmm. my one of my best friends of all time. Writer of the opening and ending mm. song of this podcast, of this which I podcast. haven't said in a while, is the single best song for any podcast. It's not just because I'm on it. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's the best one ever. Go ahead. Mike I Cosden did you. what? He, uh, I, I, I never forget the story that when he was in high school, I think it was high school, uh, he had a teacher say, when you're in a bad mood, when you're angry, what kind of music do you listen to? And, you know, a bunch of people said, I listen to heavy metal. I listen to hard rock. I listen to like angry gangster rap. And when it got to him, he said he listens to reggae and ska music. And the teacher was flummoxed and and was upset with him and kind of was like, I don't think you understand the assignment, as they say these days. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm saying when you're angry and he's like, well, you know, if I'm angry, I want to listen to something that will make me happy. Now, I mean, that always stuck with me because you kind of have two two directions to go Mm -hmm. when you're feeling a certain way. One is commiseration, right? Yes. One is I'm sad. I want to hear someone else who's sad because I want to know that I'm not alone. I want to know. I want to, I want to hear that someone else is feeling or has felt the same way that I feel now. You want to relate. Yes. I don't, you know, I don't want someone to fix it. I want empathy. I want someone to say, I understand what you're going through. Same here. The other direction you can go in is, Make me feel better. Tell me either that I'm wrong or tell me that there are happy times ahead. Give me the opposite. Give me the opposite. And that is the route that Mike takes. And I think it might be part of the reason that Mike is, you know, the way he is. Because he thinks differently than a lot of people who want to kind of live in that sadness a little bit and let it naturally kind of, you know, get away from you. And instead is like, no, you know what? I want something that's going to kick me in the ass and it's going to make me feel better. Neither one is wrong. No. And they're both relatable to a degree. They are. Yeah. Depends on. I suppose you could say depends on the situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you know, people do it all the time when they're like, I'm lazy. I need to put on some I need to put on some motorhead to like get me up. Right. You know, if you want to work out, you put on, you know, your workout mix and it plays, you know, whatever the fuck Daft Punk or whatever. Right. And gets you moving. Yes. But a lot of people, especially when they're down and they're feeling down, they want they want that commiseration. But we get no definition in the context here. No, of no, course because not. we go from sad song to you say you don't know. You tell me don't lie. Don't <laughs> do, what? What 
it's, yeah, we get they this. are telling him not to lie, which is which is well. If I, you're looking at if we're, we're looking at genius here, and there's a comma there, oh, so thing. that implies that it's directed at him, that the direction that the, the don't lie is is given to him. I just want to finish the uh, you sing a sad song just to turn it around. Oh, go ahead. Um, is I guess trying to say you're singing you're singing a sad song to make yourself not feel bad anymore but it doesn't seem like it's working no so good no it's not um i mean you're just shittier off by the end of this song so yeah you say you don't know you're off worse off i don't know what they're saying they don't know to i yeah and then you tell me don't lie okay don't lie about what i i don't and there's no quotes around don't lie so it's not saying like I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's trying to say, you tell me, don't lie to me. I think, yeah. Like, you I, tell me, don't lie. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Be be real with me. Or if it's saying that the person is saying telling him, don't lie. Grammatically, that's the way it's going with that comma. This is another one of those, he opened his mouth and words fell out. <laughs> when when you don't hear it, you, you know, you hear... You say you don't know. You tell me don't lie. You're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. We're just breezing through. Man, this shit feels like it sounds good. Yeah, I want to go on and American then, Idol. And then you go yeah. through and you're like, wait, what did we just say? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we started digging in here. We found out the song is about white power. And <laughs> white powder. <laughs> and then, and if you think you're going to get some sort of explanation on it, uh, you work at a smile and you go for a ride. Nope, no explanation what? as to what... Um, you, you work at it. Okay, you're gonna. I guess he's trying I guess to you're say trying to smile. You're trying to crack a smile. You're trying to derive some sort of happiness out of something and going on a ride. And you go for a ride, Mark. I'm gonna take a handsome cab in New York City, and I think that could give me a smile. Is the most I could possibly come up with. I mean, I just I don't know. I I don't know. I guess maybe the smile is supposed to be a, a trip. To the the happy the world of happy, mm. and then you had a bad day, and you know I do like the chord progression behind this chorus. You do, I do, I don't. Um, you had a bad day. The camera don't lie. What the fuck is, is going on here? Fucking candid camera. Is fucking it, what was that guy Wink Martindale going to show up from out of nowhere? I mean, we got a camera over there. I mean, camera over there. Like, look, look right there. It's London. There's a camera in that trash can. Big Brother's coming. <laughs> look right over there. There's a camera in that uh, coffee cup that you got. Um, I don't know why the camera don't lie. Is he saying he took a picture of somebody? I, 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 I just I don't know why all of a sudden the camera came into the equation is just is really bad. It's very bizarre. It's very, and then, you know, I'm sorry, it, it was not, uh, it was Alan Funt. Alan. Bad. That's right. Sorry. Alan Funt, of yeah. course. Um, that would have been a fun rhyme to make <laughs> if he decided to go that route. Funt. Um, <laughs> um, you're coming back down and you really don't mind. So, I mean, it seems like it's telling me that, like, they're getting depressed again and you don't mind this time or something. I just don't fucking get it, I, Seth. Man, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss completely with this line. You're coming back down. Does that imply drug use? Does that imply, uh, you know, coming back down from a 
a, a, a period of of happiness that you know all of a sudden is ending no genius um, annotation to tell us no no nobody's didn't, there's no genius out there that's got an answer for this and then you had a bad day you had a bad day yeah so then we get basically a verse um where uh there's no words he's just kind of mm-hmm. plinking around on his fucking piano and in the music video he's sitting there beanie akimbo hmm. Uh, just playing at at a piano with some people walking around, flashing his baby blues on occasion. Yeah, and then we get like the little end of the verse. Well, you need a blue sky holiday. The point is they laugh at what you say, and I don't need no carrying on. There's um this. It just it just doesn't make any fucking it's sense. Just it's just fucking words. It doesn't make any fucking sense. The dude is just saying some fucking words. Will you need a blue sky holiday? Well, I mean, I guess it's saying, do you need to go on vacation when it's nice out? Sure, I guess. Will that help someone who's depressed? Maybe a bit. Who the fuck are you asking? But then he is, how is they laugh at what you say, cutting to the point or, and, 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 and that and, makes no sense. And, and I, what I'm trying to say is he's offering some sort of solution. Maybe will you need a blue sky holiday, but then immediately drags the person, I'm, I guess, back down with, they're all going to laugh at you. Well, the, the point, I mean, the point is they laugh at what you say. I mean. You know, it's, if you're trying to put a positive spin on it, like, why would this be why would this be good? It'd be like, well, the point is, like, if you're joking around, people find you funny, I guess. But that's so outside the scope of anything that this song has anything to do with. It has nothing to say that the problem that you're having is that you're not able to make people laugh or anything like that. So, I, I mean, so what is the point that people are laughing at you for what you say? Um when they're making fun of you because of something you said or did, I I, I don't, and I don't understand because when you put it after, will you need a blue sky holiday? The point is they laugh at what you say. You make it sound like the point of the blue sky holiday is that they laugh at what you say. And those two ideas, please explain this to me. Mark, you're wrong. You're wrong in trying to get some meaning out of this, Mark. There is nothing here. There's nothing. There's nothing here. He just and and it all gets summed up with he the last line and I don't need no carrying on, right? Yeah. Right. That line could just be. There are no other words, so I'm just writing a line. Yeah. I mean that's that's really what it is. I mean. Yeah. He's he could have put anything there. It, and it, it just not yeah. Gonna, the, I don't need no carrying on it is just doesn't just, make any. Oh, it's you know, guy, I, I don't need no carrying on is um, you know those those foot uh, those uh the door stoppers that screw into the wall yeah and then sometimes <laughs> like yeah yeah and then sometimes like the top of it will come off and it'll just be left with like the little bump yep that's like what that is it's just like. <laughs> Suppose at one point maybe had a meaning or served something a purpose, served yeah. a purpose, and now it's just like 
it's annoying and it's just there. Now it's and... painful when you kick it in the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of there to be there. So we get another chorus. I, I still have just person. If my wife was to ever hear this, my wife. whenever we bring that th- those things up, the brrr, it automatically just makes both of us think of when Amelia first crawled up to the wall where one of those was, and we both still talk about it all the time, and she just reached down and moved it with her hand, and it made that noise, and she just looked at it with this look of shock, like, oh my God, and we thought, well, she's going to play with it more, but she just sat on her butt and looked at us and went, <laughs> and started crying. And we both talk about that moment all God, the time. God, babies' brains are so interesting. Oh, they are. I just Whenever I think of one of those, if you bring that up, I'll never bring it up again, but when you bring up those things, that's the first thing I Just remember, that's what I'll always think Amazing. Uh, so we get a chorus. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. And you had a bad day. You're taking one down. You sing a song. So fucking, 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 fucking. Yeah. All right. So at the end, he does a, ooh, a holiday. And then we go into the bridge. Sometimes the system goes on the blink and the whole thing turns out wrong. You might not make it back and you know that you could be well oh that strong and I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the system. One of the, another one of those non-specific descriptors. The system, they, their system. Um, what fucking system? It goes on the blink. Uh, I, it just doesn't relate to anything else, Mark. Again, to sit there and say that like someone's hardship is the system going on the blink and the whole thing turns out wrong. It's just, it's just making what could be a bad, like a really, really bad situation seem trivial and it's not I, I have an idea i have an idea it's old now it's this is a considerably older song but wouldn't it have been great had weird al taken this song and just taken like every single line and turned it into uh, a cliche that you've heard for bad stuff like somebody pissed in your wheaties I'll bet you're feeling real defeaties or, you know, I mean, just, Mm -hmm. just every single line. He's done that before with other things like mission statement. Remember mission statement? Yeah. That, that great song there where he just uses, you know, uh, corporate speak. If he could have done that, it would have been a great thing. It would have been far more purposeful and, uh, and had more meaning. I mean, it would have been better. I don't know. Anything's better than this. Anything is better than this. Yeah. Anything. Um, you might not make it back and you know that you could be, well, oh, that strong, and I'm not wrong. You might not make it back. <laughs> what the fuck? You'll never be happy again. Surprise! Have a good day. Ha ha ha. Just I, I these two sentences. I'm gonna take out the well, oh, because that he just throws in there. I guess. Yeah. Um, just because he needs some some sounds, I guess. You might not make it back, and you know that you could be that strong. What? I'm, I mean, I'm kind of know, done with this fucker, dude. I'm, I, I I will say this, I, and it, we still got more to do. It really bothers me, and I remember hearing something saying about this, and I don't want to keep using fucking, you know, it can't be escaped that when you're talking about a song like this. People that are going through that are that are experiencing real life difficulties are hearing this, and I'm sure 
that it, um, you know, that it really kind of like perks their ears up when it's like, oh, this is about like, just, hey, man, just look on the bright side of life. <laughs> you know, look at the sunny side. Yeah. Buck up, camper. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I really can't stand it when people are like, oh, you know, when when people talk about like fighting diseases and it's like it gives off the impression that if they if they pass away, they just didn't fight hard enough. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like the person doesn't, you know, pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the person's already fucking fighting. They're alive. <laughs> Can you like not make them feel, you know, guilty or like bad for not fighting hard enough or like if they're losing that battle then where were you why were you not strong enough hey you know and this whole fucking this whole you might not make it back and you know that you could be that strong if that's the meaning if that's even what the fucking meaning is i I, I just have to say that we've reached this level all right i mean there's still another there's a breakdown here we got to go over but i'm 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 saying this there is a TV show that I loved very much called Mystery Science Theater 3000. And there was one episode called Hercules versus the Mood Men, where the la- a large portion, more than 20 minutes, actually they break down on the show how many minutes Hercules walks through a sandstorm. <laughs> now, Mark, mm-hmm. how interesting can it be with some guy just walking through a sandstorm for longer than... You get the impression that he's been there a while. Right. They could tighten it up in editing, but it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it keeps going. And it keeps going. And when this is happening, the two guys, Dr. F- Clayton and, F- and, and, and TV's Frank, describe that section. And MST3 people will know this as deep hurting. <laughs> and yes. this, lyrics to go listener, <laughs> is our deep hurting moment. <laughs> It just keeps going mm-hmm. and going, and it's a crazy game of poker, and it doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. God, I forgot about that song. Oh, so where is the passion when you need it the most? Oh, you and I. You kick up the leaves, and the magic is lost. Yeah, there's those leaves again. Lost. <laughs> lost lonely boys. <laughs> I should probably say, so where is the passion when you need it the most? The most. Oh, you and I, you pick up, kick up the leaves and the magic is lost. Uh, um, so, I mean, you know, this is a little bit of a play on the on the uh, on the first line. Where is the clever turn, Mark? Where is the moment we needed the most? Now it's where is the passion Mm. when you need it the most? You kick up the leaves and the magic is lost. I mean, you know, and I'd say, uh, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just fucking done. Fuck him. Where's the Lucky's passion when you need it the most? Apparently not fucking here, Daniel Powder. Apparently not fucking here. No, it's the most bland, fucking boring song that we've I mean, we might have done. Yeah, yeah. Because you had a bad day, you're taking one down. You sing a sad song just to turn it around. You say you don't know. You tell me don't lie. You work at a smile and you go for a ride. You had a bad day. You've seen what you're like. So how does it feel? One more time. Dude, dude, Mark, the whole theme of this being the most condescending song ever, I think, is spelled out right there. 
You've seen it, what you're like. I think it is. And how does it feel? I think it is. One more time. That's it. You had a bad day. You had a bad day. Whatever the fuck he does. This song makes me want to fucking drink. And not um, country music good. Genius way. annotation. This part of the verse differs from the previous two choruses, which is funny. This is this part of the verse is different than the previous two choruses. Right. Uh, it's, it's a genius because mark. It's a chorus. Yeah. <laughs> the one more time is alluding to this being a recurrent pattern. This isn't the first bad day the subject has had in the recent past. The speaker asks how it feels for them to recognize it as such. It can't be a nice feeling to be stuck in the rut of bad days. Following the interpretation of this song as being about fa- a failing relationship, the question seems rhetorical and serves as a spiteful jab of why are you like this? Um, I mean, why are you like the best explanation for this song? I'm going to leave it at this, Mark. Best explanation for this song is why are you like this? It's I'm looking down at you and laughing, <clears throat> like you said. That's the I mean, and that's a weak uh, that that the possibility of that is, is well, it 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 could not be there. But that's the best explanation that you could come up with. I think I think we've done a pretty good job of deriving that from it. Daniel Powder described this song as a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I was touring the world and performing for thousands of people, but I. Uh, Felt like this song was starting to define me. I actually found myself getting almost angry about it. Aw, you had a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> You're Daniel. touring the world and getting angry about the song you released. <laughs> His second album, Under the Radar, was released by Warner Brothers in 2008, but got little attention. His third album, Turn On The Lights, was released independently in 2012. I don't read anything here about a fourth album. In 2015, he was found hanging from the shower curtain uh, that was strong enough to hold up his weak, frail, sad, bad day body. No, I'm not saying that. He didn't kill himself. But Jesus, there are times. Mark, let's move forward. Oh, I'm trying to. Um, The video, um, I I do want to say big ups to, to Daniel Powder on this. Why? The music video features an actress named Samir Armstrong. Uh, who plays Anna on a TV series called The O.C. Are you familiar with The O.C.? I know of The O.C., sort of. Not okay. really. But. He refused to be in the music video playing her opposite, her love interest, okay. because uh, she was 25 and he was 35. Okay. I think that's commendable. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's commendable. It does not excuse this fucking no, song, No, I'm not Mark. saying we're, you said you want to move on. Yeah, I do. So we're moving on. We're moving on. So we're talking. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fuck him. I still don't care. <laughs> we're talking about him doing a good thing here. Yeah, so. he did something nice for everybody. Well, I mean, he did, you know, he he could have been like, just, Mark, it'd know, be better if you just tell me it. that he didn't sing this song directly at her face. Um, and that's a better thing. The guy who directed the music video is a guy named Mark Webb, Mark with a C, yeah. who went on to direct The Amazing Spider-Man. Can't always win. He, he shot this in one day. Um, he, it was in Los Angeles, but they tried to make it look like New one York City. bad day. <laughs> yeah, he had a bad day, yeah. and this was it. Mark Webb had a bad day. Here it is. Um, this, uh, this song hit number one in the U.S. It became the first Canadian song to top the U.S. chart since Nickelback's How You Remind Me. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was talking a little bit earlier about this in America. The album sold 500,000 copies, but the single was digitally downloaded over 3 million times. 
Uh, there was a cover version of Al- of this by Alvin and the Chipmunks. I played it. I out heard there. you yes, playing it. Yes, and I laughed to myself. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, most played song in the UK over the previous five years, uh, according to a survey in 2008. Um, the runner-up Kelly Clarkson's "Because of You," and the third place James Blunt's "You're, You're Beautiful." Be- As a matter of fact, I was going to say when we started listening to this, I'm I'm hearing the piano at the beginning, and I was going to go, I was going to put a little joke in there. My life is perfect. Because <laughs> it kind of My fits. life is brilliant. Right. I hope you put that. Or my life is brilliant. Yeah. My love is pure. <laughs> um, creep factor? Uh, uh, creepy. No, can we just skip that and go to a hatred factor? Um, is it we creepy? We can't do that. Is it creepy? Yeah, it's a little creepy, I guess. Because of... Because it... Just because I hate it so much. I'm going to give it a one. Okay. I'm going to give it a one. It's not really creepy, I suppose. It's not very creepy. We should mention real quick the music video is very strange. Um, It is uh, basically a man and a woman leading lives that are very depressing. They see other people that are falling in love and it makes them very depressed. But, you know, you had a bad day. No big whoop. She paints a picture... Yeah, and, and looks and sees him on the other side of two apartment buildings. They both like see each other. It's a lot of happenstance where like they just happen to run into each other and da 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 da. There's a subway and there's a subway and they're both drawing on this Not picture and uh, it's it's very very it dumb. Sucks. And then at the end, he like puts an umbrella over. He's her. playing <laughs> the piano. This is where I get that breakfast at Tiffany's uh, Tiffany's vibe. He's playing a piano in front of a building, just a building, and it's very pastel looking. And that's kind of how that's your exposition to powder. Mark? Yeah. What's your creep factor? <sighs> Give me a number. I mean, it's not very creepy. It's not. It just it's confusing. Yeah. This is like a old person in a in a home that keeps talking about Cheetos for some reason. You're just like, what are you talking about? Um I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a one point one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's that's what it is. It's more of a frustration factor, really. Hey, Mark, <clears throat> I drive a truck. Yep. Um, and I've seen it. Other people um, that drive trucks, oftentimes, um, well, they express themselves through their trucks, whether they lift them with uh, big giant wheels and lift kits or whether they put lights underneath them. And some people decide that they want to go out there and put stickers on their truck that express their feelings, whether those stickers be. Um, getting after it, or salt life, or Calvin pissing on something. I am going to put on the back window of my truck, and I don't need no carrying on. Because that's how fucking confused I am. I dare you. Yeah. I mean, it's just... That that, that goes right up there with Live, Laugh, Lynn. Um, it's, it, you could, you could put it on almost anything and, you know, all you could pull up in traffic playing this blaring out of your speaker system and that, and wink across at the other Daniel powder fan is, <laughs> as you both understand what it's really about, but really you both go try to find a hill to drive off of in Florida. Yeah. Um, and Florida has no hills. So you get really frustrated. So yeah, please. And thank you. Um, I would be remiss if I did not mention Chris Hickman 
is yes. the one who suggested this. Yes, thank so you, Chris. thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank you for inflicting this on us, Chris. Yeah. We appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so. What are we going to do next? Well. Let's talk about something joyful. You want to talk about something joyful? No, no, I mean, I, anything's so joyful. We'll, anything. We'll, we'll talk about something joyful. It's moving on. We'll talk about something joyful. Okay. Terry Lynn, who is a listener, has been for a long time, has mentioned a couple different songs to us. She tagged me in a music, uh, in, a, in a video um, for a specific song. We're going to talk about a song with some, I, I, I would argue, some good lyrics. Okay. We're going to talk about a song where did you know what the song was saying? These are the best. I We're going to do Hook by Blues Trap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this. We've talked about it a yeah. little bit. You and I have talked about it. Yeah. And because Terry Lynn had mentioned it to me the other day. It's time. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it is extremely clever. Yes. It is extremely clever. And... I know a lot of people. I have so many people out there in my life that hate this song. I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't. And I, I you know, it is well documented on a No Nonsense Trivia podcast that John Popper is a giant fucking creep. Yes. That he's a hornball. Um, and that's fine being horny, but he was well, weird and specifically horny to, to a couple of women on Twitter that were m- much younger than him. Um, but he is the best harmonica player I've ever heard in my life. Agreed. And um he and this song is this abs- song has is, is extremely clever. Song's good. So oof, excuse me. And and what we're here for, going over the lyrics, there's substance here. There's something to talk about. We're not gonna leave, I think, super confused like today. No, 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 no. Yeah. We I mean, this will come together and will make sense. It's as close these episodes are as close as we get um to these these lyrics are good. Um, because we're telling you what the song is really about. Sometimes, you know, will we make fun of some shit? Probably. Yeah. Let's be honest. We're yeah. us. Um, but it is uh, it is cool to, um, you know, get a little bit of an idea on uh, what it's like to hear a song where we're like, hey, you probably just sang the song and never realized what was being said. Um, and we are going to let you know. Seth, a pleasure as always. This was, I mean, as much as we sat here trying to pull what's left of our hair out, um, kind of fun. It yeah. was good. It was good. I mean, it, it's honestly, it's kind of one of those Zen moments where you have to just be like water. Let the let the words <laughs> for this song just flow past. And you. there is some good that we can extrapolate from this, and that you know, if anybody says to me, "Hey, what's like one of the worst songs that you guys went over?" This is it. This is this definitely is, this goes right up this there. Is this definitely, is definitely yeah. It'll be like Daniel fucking Powder. So make sure you listen to Hook by Blues Traveler, and we will be back next Monday with yet another episode. They can't kill us yet. Yet another episode of Lyrics to Go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>